the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you back to a continuation of this brand new video series called Simple Questions Answered. Once again, the reason why we called it this way is to correspond with my uh, Facebook post that I usually title Simple Question or Questions. And I ask one question typically, and I would uh, basically intend behind the question to challenge the mindset of my Muslim friends because I used to think that way and now I want them to really reason with me and begin to ask that question to themselves, see if they can come up with a solution to that dilemma, even though the question is so simple, oftentimes it's really complicated to figure out why that question is exposing a reality that should lead my Muslim friends to Christ. For instance, here is a simple question that I posted on my Facebook page. It said this, my dear Muslim friends, are you sure of your salvation? This is the assurance of salvation. And here's why I'm asking this question. Here's why it is extremely important, technically speaking. Because for me, as follower of Christ, I am sure of my salvation. Why? Because the word of God tells me so. For instance, 1 John 5, the letter First epistle written by the Apostle John, chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. First John, chapter 5, verses 12 to 13 says this. He who has the Son, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life, meaning eternal life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name, the authority, the person, the nature of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It can't get any clearer than this. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. You don't have Jesus, you deny Jesus, you do not have eternal life. My Muslim friends, I beg of you, come to Jesus. Believe in Jesus, because it's very clear. You have Jesus, you have eternity. You don't have Jesus, you will be separated from God, and you will be spending eternity in condemnation, not enjoying the presence of the Lord. John chapter 5, verse 24. This is the Lord himself saying this in John, the gospel of John chapter 5, verse 24. Look what our Lord says. Our Lord said the following, Truly, truly, I say to you, assuredly, I say to you, he, anyone who hears my word, the word of Jesus, and believes him who sent me, believes in the Father who sent me, the Son, 
believe him who sent me has eternal life has eternal life and does not come into judgment there is no judgment and condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but has passed out of death separation from God into life eternal life with God Jude Jude the letter of Jude one simple letter one chapter chapter 1 basically verse 24 says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Who is that one? This is doxology, by the way, a prayer, a glorification of the Lord saying to him, meaning Jesus, who will allow you what? He will keep you from stumbling and he will make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. He will make you stand in the presence of God. In Christ, you enter into the presence of God. As the book of Hebrews says that you can approach, you can approach the throne of grace with confidence. You can enter the throne of grace with confidence, the holy of holies in heaven with confidence. Why? Because in Christ, you have that permission to enter now into that place. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the, tri uh, of the Trinity, basically, the third person of the Godhead. The Spirit himself testifies in our spirit that we are children of God. Why? To give us assurance. You belong to God. You belong to God. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your eternity is preserved. Your eternity is assured you are a child of God. Not anyone will be called a child of God. Only those who are in Christ that he will grant him the authority to be called the children of God. As we read in the Gospel of John chapter 1 verses 12 to 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Who can do this? Christ. Therefore, Christ is able to also save for how long? Forever, for eternity, those who draw near to God through him, since he, Christ, always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is our intercessor in heaven because he is seated at the right hand of God. He intercedes on behalf of his people. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 29, the chapter where Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. Look what he says. My father who has given them today to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And earlier in verse 26, he says, no one can snatch my people out of my hand. And he used the shepherd metaphor that no one can snatch the uh, sheep out of his hand. He will protect him. He will lie down his life for them and he will be the gate into the sheep's fold. He's saying no one can snatch him out of my hand. Why? Because he drew the attention to the Old Testament, for instance, in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verses 11 to 13, where it says clearly that no one can snatch the believers out of the Father's hand. And that's what Jesus was saying. Evidence of that, that in verse 30, he says, I and the Father and one. And then the Jews picked up stones to stone him because he was blaspheming against God in their mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit 
of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom? By whom you were what? Sealed for the day of redemption. So when you accept Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit in you as a down payment and you are sealed, meaning God put a stamp of approval on you, you're in. And God is not going to break that seal and say, oh, I changed my mind. He doesn't abrogate his word, by the way, like the God of the Quran, who keeps changing his word and brings something similar or better, as if he regretted saying something and he wants to fix it now. That's not the God that we follow. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's our God. John chapter 6, the Gospel of John chapter 6, verse 47, the word of the Lord directly. This is what he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Once again, Jesus is assuring you of eternal life. And Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, a great, basically, passage about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Look what it says. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I think it is very clear here that our assurance of salvation in Christ is absolutely clear, is absolutely clear because the scripture said so. The Lord himself said so. His word are very, very clear when it comes to that. In John chapter, in the first John chapter five, in first John chapter five, verse 11, it says, and this is the testimony. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Notice. The God who sent Christ, our God the Father, who sent Christ the Son for our salvation, gave us eternal life in the Son. Meaning, when you believe in the Son, you are assured of that eternal life. God who sent Christ to die for us, basically God who loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life, did not send him to judge the world, but to what? to save the world, to uh, basically give hope to the world that is under condemnation to have eternal life. The, God, the same God who did that is not going to change his mind about our salvation. He assured us of that salvation. Why do I keep repeating this? To show you that the God that Muhammad claimed has sent him, somehow Muhammad wasn't sure of his salvation. Somehow Muhammad could not give his followers' assurance of salvation, and somehow our Muslim friends who are genuinely going to tell you, and honestly, whether they go to the mosque daily, whether they go to the holy mosque in Mecca all the time, whether they perform pilgrimage every year, whether they perform pilgrim, uh, minor pilgrim uh, every day as they used to do on a weekly or monthly basis, whether they do all the rituals as much as they can, they will be honest enough with themselves and you and say, I don't know if it will be accepted of me. I don't know if I will make it to heaven. Brothers and sisters, what a privilege that the God we worship 
the God of the Bible is giving us that assurance that we don't have to worry about anything because we have peace with God. We have no condemnations as Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says also. And at the same time, my Muslim friends, I appeal to you to consider these passages and compare it to what the Quran says. In fact, in my next part, I am going to show you now how Muhammad himself wasn't sure at all, not only of his own salvation, but also for your salvation. Until the second part of this question, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAInternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to a continuation of our video series on Simple Questions Answered. Last time, I talked about assurance of salvation based on a post that I had on Facebook page, my own profile Facebook page, alfadi.sira, which, by the way, I do share it to all of our ministry pages and groups that I am part of. So you will come across it one way or another. And the question was simply this. Are you, my dear Muslim friend, are you sure of your salvation? And in part one, which is the last episode, I shared a number of passages from the scripture, the Bible, to show that we in Christ are sure of our salvation. Now let me turn the attention to Muhammad himself. If Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, wasn't sure of his own salvation, so my Muslim friend, my question to you is this, are you sure of your salvation? You don't believe me? Let me point you to the Quran. Chapter 46 of the Quran, verses 8 and 9. It's a Meccan chapter, by the way. That's very important. Why? It was a Meccan chapter, meaning at the beginning of Muhammad's ministry, towards the latter part of his Meccan ministry. So he's been a prophet for a while now. You would, ex you would expect him to be assured and certain of his salvation. But look what he says. Do they say... He has forged it. This is Allah is telling Muhammad or meaning the doubters that those who are doubting you, Muhammad, or do they say he has forged it, meaning forged the Quran, the scripture. Say, if I have forged it, you have no power to help me against Allah. He knows very well what you are pressing upon. He suffices as a witness between me, meaning Muhammad, and you. He is all forgiving, the all compassionate. Say, see, Muhammad now is being commanded to say this, I am not an innovation among the messenger, and I know not what shall be done with me or with you. Let me repeat it again. I know not what's going to happen to me or to you. Some translations will say this. Meaning Muhammad is saying, I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Not only that, I have no idea what's going to happen to you. I only follow what is revealed to me. I am only a clear warner. Wow. Let me repeat it again. I am not an innovation among the messenger and I know not what shall be done to me or with me or with you. How would you follow? My Muslim friends. 
Why would you follow someone who's not even sure of his own salvation and yet you pretend that you somehow are saved? You attack me as a follower of Jesus. You say that somehow I am an idolater. Somehow I strayed from the straight path, uh, basically um, strayed away from the straight path. And yet Islam, the messenger of the Quran, clearly states that he himself is not sure of his salvation. Why would I follow a guy who wasn't even sure of his own salvation and doesn't know what's going to happen to him or to me? Do you see what's going on here? I think I gave myself now a credit for leaving a guy who is a doubter of his own God and his own message. Why would I follow a messenger who doesn't even believe in his own message? Would you? Would you follow someone that doesn't believe in his own message, my Muslim friends? Would you follow anyone who is not sure of what he is revealing to you? Would you follow someone that doesn't even believe in the commands given to him by his own God because he doesn't believe he's a prophet? He's doubting as chapter 10, Surah Yunus, chapter 10, verse 94, Muhammad is told, hey, if you're in doubt, go and ask the people of the book. So Muhammad always doubted and here clearly stated that he doesn't even know what's going to happen to him. So the, uh, there is an authentic narration, authentic narration that is mentioned in Bukhari, Sahih Bukhari, volume 5, book number 58, hadith number 266, reads the following, narrated Um, ul, uh, um Ula, okay? Um Al-Ula, uh, al, uh, um okay? Uh, here's what it says. An Ansari woman, she's talking about one of the people of Medina, okay, the ones that formed a covenant with Muhammad. An Ansari woman who gave the pledge, uh, pledge of allegiance to the Prophet that the Ansar drew lots concerning the dwelling of the immigrants, meaning the Muslims who migrated from Mecca. Uthman ibn Ma'zun was decided to dwell with them, okay? Uthman fell ill, and I nursed him till he died. And we covered him with his clothes. Then the prophet came to us and I addressing the dead body. Is the Muhammad was still alive. He came to the dead body. Look what he says to the dead body. Okay. Said, Oh, Abu, uh, Abu Shuaib. Okay. That's speaking to the dead person. May Allah's mercy be on you. I bear witness that Allah has honored you on that. The prophet says, how do you know that Allah has honored him? I replied, so she was asking him. Muhammad says, I do not know. May my father and my mother be sacrificed for you, O Allah's apostle. But who else is worthy of it? So Muhammad is asking her and saying, how do you know that he was honored? So they're saying, well, we don't know. I have no idea. So Muhammad responded and says, as to him by Allah, death has overtaken him. And I hope, notice, I hope the best for him. By Allah, though I am the apostle of Allah, yet I do not know what Allah will do to him, uh, to me. What Allah will do to me, he says, speaking about himself. By Allah, I will never assert the piety of anyone after him. That made me sad. And when I slept, I saw in a dream a flowing stream for Uthman ibn Ma'zun. I went to Allah's apostle and told him of it. He remarked, that symbolizes his good deeds. Okay, 
So Muhammad wasn't so sure he became a dream, basically, interpreter. He just interpreted a dream saying, oh, uh, that really uh, the river that you saw flowing streams, basically, represents his good deeds. He didn't say that he is in heaven, <laughs> you know. So here is another hadith narration, also Sahih Bukhari, volume 4, book number 51, uh, hadith number 16. This time it's narrated by Abu Huraira. When Allah revealed the verse, warn your nearest kinsmen, Allah's apostle, meaning Muhammad, got up and says, O people of Quraysh, or said similar words, buy, buy yourself, purchase yourself, basically, from the hellfire, as I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. O Bani Abdu'l-Manaf, that's another branch of Quraysh, I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. O Safiya, speaking basically the, to his aunt, I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. O Fatima, his daughter, by the way, ask me anything from my wealth, but I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. My goodness, man. Muhammad claimed that he's going to intercede on behalf of his uncle uh, uh, Abu Talib, yet he cannot really give his own daughter, who married Ali, his cousin, the son of Abu Talib, he cannot give her any assurance. He couldn't give his own aunt any assurance. He couldn't give his own kinsmen any assurance of their own salvation uh, away from punishment. Why do I mention salvation and punishment? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we are saved in Christ, we don't get punished. There is no such thing as you're saved, but you're going to be punished. It doesn't work that way. It's not like teeny, meeny, eeny, mo, and you somehow, you hope for the best, cast a lot and wait and see if it will be accepted or not. Or somehow you'll be cleansed from your sins in the hellfire and sent to heaven. What a lame explanation, actually, that somehow even going to the hellfire somehow will purify you. How do you know that? Muhammad didn't even know what's going to happen to anyone. So my Muslim friends, this is why I'm asking you this simple question. Are you sure of your salvation? Can you point me to anything in the Quran that says you, you, my Muslim friend, is sure of entering into paradise, heaven? You have assurance of your salvation. Somehow you don't have to worry about what's going to happen to you. How are you certain of that when Muhammad, your own prophet, is not certain of that? So you see what I'm going with this? I think it's very clear that no one knows what's going to happen to them. If you are using the Quran as your basis, the Hadith as your basis, and Muhammad as your guide. If Muhammad is your guide, run for your life, literally, because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Therefore, he doesn't know where he's leading you towards. And as a result of this, he's the wrong guide. Come to Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Come to Jesus who says, if you believe in my word and him who sent me, you have crossed from death to life. From death to life. You are saved. You have received the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a down payment. And that's the one we follow. We do not follow a wishy-washy guide. We follow the guide. So my Muslim friends, I hope 
that this will at least prompt you to go and investigate for yourself the assurance of salvation in our word of God, the word of Christ, and compare that to what the Quran teaches Muhammad taught and his own sayings. Until the next question, have a blessed day. Let us reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for Sira International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to sirainternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.